Welcome to episode 40 of The Process, Process Trusted. to episode 40 of the process podcast i am quavon taylor and i am Amante martin uh today we have teddy bridgewater on the podcast welcome to the podcast teddy i uh, appreciate you guys for having me uh just jumping right in can you tell the listeners uh where you're from i'm from miami miami florida miami florida what was it like growing up in miami florida oh uh, it was a challenge you know, um, for me, I think I moved about 40-something times, about 45 times, just from childhood up into high school, you know. So um, that was a challenge in itself. Mm-hmm. Make new friends every other month. Um, you know, my mom raised four of us by herself. And, um, you know, I'm grateful for everything that I went through. It taught me survival skills, and you know, that's what it was like growing up in Miami, just knowing how to survive and make ends meet. Wow. So when did you when did you first pick up a football? I first picked up a football, I think I was four or five. And Whoa. yeah, and I, I knew right then and there that that was my purpose. The purpose, that was your passion. So, you know, you mentioned growing up in a single parent home, having to move around a lot, um, learning how to survive. Um, was, there, was there ever a time that you thought about giving up the game of football or did you always know like, this is this is what I was going to do? Um, yeah, it came one, one time. Uh, I was a freshman in high school and um, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. And like I said, it was there was no man around. And my oldest brother, he was in the streets doing his thing. And I had two sisters also. Uh, one was already a mother. She became a mother when she was 15. But um, I felt like I had to be the man of the house. So when I was a freshman, my mom had breast cancer. I kind of told myself, man, my mom can't go to work. So I got to figure out how to make ends meet. And uh, I stopped going to school, stopped playing football, started washing cars, 
mowing lawns, just trying to scrape up some change and you know, uh, kind of put football on the back burner. But uh, my mom, you know, in the middle of everything she was going through, she just reminded me that God gave me a talent and, and to use it. You know, he doesn't want me to waste it. And you know, that's why I continue to play football. What was it like seeing, you know, hearing that news and, and seeing your mom fight through it and over, overcome that? Well, it, it was it was tough at first hearing the news that my mom had breast cancer. You know, being 14 years old, in your mind, it's like, man, every time you hear cancer, you think of someone passing away or, you know, some deadly virus. And um, the first thing that came to my mind was, man, I got to get ready to live life without my mom. But uh, you know, my mom's a strong woman. She fears God. She leans on her faith. And... Um, you know, she was strong throughout the entire process. She was never negative. And um, you know, that made a huge impact in my life. You know, it opened my eyes to show, show me that, man, you know, here someone is laying here going through something that's life and death, and she's still smiling, she's still positive. Uh, that, that played a huge role, you know, in my, my psyching at that young age and, uh, you know, I'm glad she overcame it, and I'm glad that you know, we're still able to celebrate and live life. It's a blessing, man. It's a blessing. Um, just kind of transitioning to, to to playing football at Miami Northwestern. And, um, what was that process like? You know, playing for one of the premier programs in, in the state or in the nation, uh, and being recruited. What was that process like for you? Playing at Miami Northwestern was like playing college football before you even got to college. Um, you think about all the history, the tradition, the pride, you know, um, all, all of that, you know, um, it, it makes, makes, it made playing for Northwestern mean that much more to me. Um, there were some guys before me who went on to do great things when I was a freshman. Um, you know, I had guys like a Quavon Taylor who would, you know, take us to get some lunch at Esther's, you know, during school, or, you know, Ja'Cory Harris or now Darius Johnson who would pass along some gloves to me. Um, you know, it opened my eyes as a freshman seeing those guys do great things. And, you know, I told myself, man, I got to be like those guys. And um, I had the opportunity to play three years there. And uh, those were probably the best three years of my life. You at Miami Northwestern, and what was it like being recruited out of state? Did you did you want to play for like a home state team or or why Louisville? Well, I was committed to Miami, and um, they ended up firing Randy Shannon. And Randy Shannon was a classmate of my mom and my aunt at Norland, and um, you know I felt comfortable with my commitment to him, and. I know people say all the time you commit to universities and not coaches, but you know sometimes the coaches are the ones who you know shape the culture of that university. And um, you know I was looking forward to having an opportunity to play for Randy Shannon and you know a guy who was from Miami who understands the Miami culture. And um, when they fired him, you know it kind of just set me back a little. But uh, I had gotten an offer from Louisville probably two weeks before I went to school. I had left high school early to go to college. And I got an offer from Louisville early, uh, two, two weeks before it was time to go to school. 
And they, I remember they had Coach Hurt, Clint Hurt. He was at Miami, so, you know, it was a familiar face. Charlie Strong was a guy who was very big on discipline, and I knew that coming from the inner city of Miami that you know, I didn't have a man around growing up. I could use some structure in my life. And uh, what better years than, you know, those young adult years to have that structure. So um, just decided, man, Louisville would be the best fit for me. They allowed, you know, us from Miami, it was about 12 of us from South Florida who just went to Louisville in one class. And, uh, and I'm glad everything happened the way it did. So moving from Miami, Florida to Kentucky, how was that transition? Uh, the move from Miami to Kentucky was, it wasn't as difficult as it might seem. Uh, Louisville is actually a city. You know, at first when I heard of Louisville, my mom say the same thing. All we thought was, you know, a bunch of grass and horses. But, um, you know, it's actually a city. Uh, it's a great city, actually. And um, the transition wasn't that difficult because I had guys from South Florida up there with me as well. So, um, but that was the cool part. Then I also became great friends with some of the guys local, um, locally in the city. Uh, some guys I'm still great friends with to this day. So um, well, they just helped show me around and helped the transition be smooth. And I enjoyed my three years there. So on the field, was it a difficult task transitioning from high school football to college football for you? Yeah, as a as a quarterback, it was very difficult transitioning from high school to college. In high school, you're seeing about four defenses, maybe man, cover two, cover three, and all out blitz. And then when you get to high uh, college, you know, it's like learning a new language. Um, you know, the play the play calls get longer. Uh, the defenses become more exotic. And, um, you know, you just have to put the time in. And uh, I remember going to school early. I'm glad I did go to school early. I was able to get spring ball under my belt. And, um, and I just remember it feeling like a, a fire drill, you know, where people were just running all over the field and everything was happening so fast. And um, like I said, I'm, I'm glad that I did go early. I was able to experience, you know, the speed of the game and it helped the transition become smoother once the season actually started. What advice would you give to an aspiring athlete on what it takes to be a Division One student athlete? Uh, my advice for an aspiring athlete uh, trying to become a Division One athlete is uh, when you transition from high school to college um, it's a different ball game you know you don't have you know the coaches on you 24-7 or um, you know you have more time now and you know the coaches they bring you to these schools and they expect you to conduct yourself a certain way and you know no one's going to hold your hand you know uh, while you're on their campus, you know, once they get you, you know, it's up to you to, to maintain your part of the contract, your part of the scholarship, the agreement, and um, you know, no one's going to feel sorry for you. Um, with all the free time that you have now, 
know, how would you use that time to separate yourself from the next athlete who's trying to be better than you or the next athlete who's trying to take their position? Um, that's where, you know, the, the elite separate themselves. Uh, I always <clears throat> talk to the kids and tell them, man, college, you know, the, the, the further you go in your profession, the easier it gets. And I tell them it gets easier because you have nothing but time. And like I just said, with that time, what, how are you going to use your time to separate yourself from the next athlete? And uh, that's the biggest advice I, I can give to an inspiring athlete. So I hear a lot of I hear a lot of stories about the draft. We had uh, Todd Boyd on the podcast, and we talked a little bit about the draft process. But from your experiences, how was that process ending your college career and preparing for the uh, NFL draft? Um, you know, that was probably the most nerve-wracking time, just with everything that was going on. Um, you had that huge window from the day you play your last game until. Leading up to the draft is a long process. Everyone's going to tell you or try to find reasons why you shouldn't be drafted. And, you know, having to deal with that, you know, it's, it's nerve-wracking in itself. Um, but I was prepared. I had a great team around me prepared me you know, for what was to come. And um, <clears throat> luckily, I was still drafted in the first round. And... And I'm still playing to this day. What was it like just to just to finally hear your name called as a as an NFL uh, draft candidate? Well, it was great. Uh, it was a sigh of relief. It was a long night, but um, you know I'm glad that I was able to you know fulfill my dream. My dream came true that night, and. Um, I'm just thankful that, you know, the bikers took a chance. And, uh, you know, I'm still playing to this day, so I'm thankful God is good, doing good, and he's still good. So to finally put on an NFL helmet and lead your team, describe that feeling of being the starting quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, being the starting quarterback of the Vikings, it was um, a great feeling knowing that like I said, when I first picked up a ball, I kind of knew that was my purpose, my calling. And um, it was just great, you know, to serve, you know, a purpose in life, you know, to serve as a piece of motivation for, you know, the next Teddy Bridge, whether coming out of Liberty City or, uh, you know, the next aspiring athlete coming out of Miami. Um, to be that living proof that, you know, it can happen. Um, that's what that's what triggered me and that's what you know felt the best to me um transitioning to the nfl was there any adversity or anything that you had to overcome in terms of the speed of the game well i just had to put the time in and um eventually with the reps and um the more experience that i got you know the speed became nothing and um you know you just have a lot of time you got to maximize that time Try to find new ways to enhance your skills. You know, I, I got injured my third year in the league, and things were just taking off for me. Just coming off a playoff run, winning the division, and uh, I got injured in training camp. And you know, you talk about overcoming adversity. Uh, that right there was a huge obstacle itself. But I just remember back, you know, when my mom went through breast cancer and how she was always positive. 
you know, now the question, why her? Um, that just helped me, you know, overcome what I went through. Uh, it was a long process, but um, many thought that I would never play again. I almost lost my leg, but, um, you know, like I said, God is good. And uh, I leaned on him. He's been faithful to me. And, um, you know, I was able to return to playing football sooner than most expected. You know, most people say it would take 18 months. I came back before that. Um, so, um, that's some of the adversity I overcame. And uh, it, it actually opened my eyes and made me find a bigger purpose in life outside of football. Be, to be counted out, you know, and knowing that you serve a God that has shown himself to you so many times in your life. Could you describe what it was like, you know, snapping the helmet back on again when some wrote you off? Man, that was, it was a crazy feeling. Um, being back out there after being counted out. And, um, when I got back out there, I just told myself, man, I'm gonna do it for the ones who believed in me. You know, through it all, through it all. You know, many doubted me, many said I would never come back. But then in that, there's that small circle who believed in me and saw the potential in my return. And, um, you know, those are the ones who I do it for. Hey Amen, that's a blessing. I was gonna ask, you know, at this, at this point in your career, um, you know, your most recent, you were with the uh, Saints. What was it like playing for the Saints and, and learning from a quarterback like Drew Brees? The plan for the Saints, it was um, a great experience. It's a great organization, great city. Uh, learning from a guy like Drew was very beneficial to me, especially at this point in my career. Um, Sean Payton is a genius. I enjoyed, you know, the, the time that I was there. Um, I was able to continue to grow as a, as a player and as a man. And um, I'm thankful for the last two years. So going into you know your new team, Carolina, uh, what are your expectations uh, for yourself and, and, and moving forward as an athlete, as a pro athlete? Um, you know, I'm just going to continue to try to be the best man, the best teammate that I can be. Um, you know, it's all about you know doing whatever you can to you know make the ones around you better. And, uh, I consider myself a servant unto others. And uh, whatever I can do to help those around me, you know, that's what it's all about. Um, you know, I'm gonna continue to work hard, you know, not get complacent with being, you know, where I am. And understand that my work isn't complete. Um, you know, I'm just scratching the surface, just tapping to that source, so. Um, and I'm looking forward to these next couple of years. What is some advice that you would give to a younger Teddy B? I would just tell him, man, you know, um, your 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 story is is going to be a, a book titled uh, the book without a title, meaning that you know you can't. I can't just put a title on you know my life um each chapter has been different each page is different and um you know 
it's going to be a challenge, but uh, you're going to have a story. And, um, you know, all that you're going through right now is just going to prepare you for, you know, all the all the great things that God has for you later down the line. So um, I'll tell Younger Teddy, man, just stay motivated. Um, stay faithful. Don't, don't ask why you have less. Don't ask why you're going through things. Just understand that. You know, it's all working according to God's plan and God's will. So our podcast is titled The Process Podcast. I want to go a little bit um, into what does trust in the process mean to you? No, trust in the process to me means, you know, understanding that the the process is what produces the results. Um, and even though the process may become routine or it may feel like it's not working, it's still beneficial. So, you know, sometimes you gotta be stingy with your process, stingy with your routines. And, you know, to me, trusting the process just means, you know, being 100% committed and understanding that the results are gonna come. So Teddy B, are there any last words you wanna leave with the listeners? Everybody has a story. Everyone has a why. You know, everyone is going through something. Everyone's going to go through something, whether it's adversity, prosperity, you know, through it all, man. You got to stay focused and focus on your lane. Um, you know, throughout this race we call life, we all have our own lane that we run in. And we can't worry about what's going on in the lane to our left, the lane to our right. We have our own race to run. And, you know, some of us, we're going to run at different speeds, different paces. But at the end of the day, you know, it's your race to run for yourself. You know, your mom can't run that race. Dad can't run that race. You know, it's a race that requires you, you know, to do all the work. And um, just understand where your source of energy comes from, your source of life, which is God, who's there to help you win that race. So, um, you know, to those listening, man, just run your race, run your race at your pace. And when you cross that finish line, you know, spread your wings and, and understand that, man, your work is complete. Thank you so much for joining us, Teddy. We, we really appreciate your time. Uh, we wish you much, much success in your next step with the Carolina Panthers. Uh, where could the listeners, you know, find you on social media uh, to tap in the things that you have going on? Uh, I got the Instagram, Twitter, Teddy B underscore H2O. Got a children's book out also. You can follow that page, uh, Little Bear Teddy on Instagram. You can purchase the book at www.littlebearteddy.com. This concludes episode 40 of The Process. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and to like us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Thank you. I think the main thing for me was trying to decide on who am I and like what I want to be and how I want to be remembered. Like that was my thing. Right? You know, oftentimes I think about like my legacy and like the mark that I want to leave, not only on the industry, but the effect that I want to leave on people. 
being a whole human being, going through my obstacles, going through the things that I'm going through, and not to only broadcast these things, but for it to inspire change.